Welcome to Gaia's Voice. I'm Pepper Lewis. For the last 20 years, I've had the privilege of listening to our Earth speak directly through me in a process that is sometimes called channeling. Over centuries, our Earth has been called Gaia, an affectionate and friendly term that simply means life-giving. I hope you'll find Gaia's words as meaningful and direct as I have. Welcome to Gaia's Voice. Um, I'm part of a new intentional community that's forming physically in near here in a, and uh, north of here. Um, and it's a very physical one with a lot of potential for growth in terms of the size of the community and so forth. Um, my co-creator or co-founder in this community is an architect, a very t um, powerful architect. And um, and I'm uh, bringing a cottage industry which provides a way for people to come together. Um, so it has a very strong physical component. And um, and I the what what you say about what is it the. Um, when you hold something sacred, what is that? Countenance. 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 Um, I love that feeling. I, 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 I can relate to that. Um, when I sit in silence, I feel all the potentials. And um, however, when it comes to the physical and you have all these personalities who show up and try to live together and try to get along, um, then it becomes challenging, very challenging. As you say, um, we come into the duality, the sphere of duality. Um, uh, like for example, uh, there, my, my uh, co-founder in this is, is very strong personality-wise, um, is a very strong communicator, and some, some others of us are not, even though we have strong intention. But uh, to find that balance and to continue to evolve to where we can share leadership and uh, so forth. That's something I'd like to, you know, like for example, we've been um, going for four years now. We're entering our fifth year. Each year has had a very distinct quality to it. Um, and actually each one, so far it's been very, ch each one has its, challenges. Um, so it's new. Um, I'd like to hear more about how, you know, the sort of, um, how to get through the beginnings <laughs> and um, how to, um, uh, you know, how, what, are, what are ways that those of us who, who are gathered can strengthen our intention, I guess, um, in order to understand who we are, to make it. Uh, so what are some of the ways that we can, some of the tools to help us clarify and strengthen at this point? Very such well. an early stage. First understand that if it is that you will then survive, we will put it this way, survive your ninth year, you will have a very great chance to move beyond that and to be a sustainable community. Tools. Do not call yourself but a community. 
allow yourselves to be purposeful individuals coming together in a sacred manner in order to discover themselves in a greater fashion to serve a greater whole. Labels, avoid these. To say it is an intentional community, a conscious community, what we have spoken of this Eve would have been avoided if at all possible. To say that each one is talented in their own way. To say that each one is strong in its own way. And to know that each one is a weak force and a weak link where all the others are concerned. The very strength of one personality is a weakness to the whole. It is not a strength, for it weakens all of the others. The very strong personality of one perhaps serves its purpose, but it weakens all of the other members. And so all of the resources then are subtracted. And so it must be put to this individual that while their purpose is great and while they are deeply honored and while they serve the whole, they also subtract from the whole. If it is that this one's personality is as strong as you describe, then it must be put to the task of strengthening the personalities of others. Which it it must be employed as the teacher force. Not necessarily the teacher being, but the teacher force. So it becomes not a power or a power struggle, but a force that can be drawn upon from all, as if it were a battery that all could draw upon. That strength then can be shared by all if all share upon the battery. Now, each year, as you have said, has provided a different challenge. It will continue to be thus. Each year between now and the ninth year increasing in challenge. Each year with its own opportunity to grow exponentially and each year with a possibility that it may be its last, that it may be terminated in one way or another. In the same way you must proceed wholeheartedly for to proceed with less than a whole heart is to subtract from the intention as well. Now, in the case of your community, there are others that will come to join it in the near future, and each year hence. Each one, I say to you, will have a very specific purpose, but it is for you to discover the purpose of that being. Each one will have an aspect or a tool to share, a resource that they bring, but it is for you to discover this. It will not be the most obvious. It will not be the one that they come peddling. It will not be, look here, what I have, what I can do, what I can be. It will be underneath the surface. So the strength of each of your members then is also underneath the obvious. It is beneath the personality. Now, the personalities cannot be dismissed, as we have said, and yet they come out to play or to work. So to the personalities it must be given work. When ones come to work, it is the personality that comes to work. When one sits in countenance, it is one's awareness that comes. That awareness then allows the personality to be. To be and to work. In other words, to be and to do. 
to be and to do. And the balance between these two, you will see, will strengthen the soul and its countenance and it will soften the effects of the personality until the two find a more equal balance and equilibrium. Most of those that come to conscious community have a great desire to improve their equilibrium. They are out of balance and seek a true balance that only a community can give. So already there is purpose to that. So each one must be assisted to gain balance. The summit is inner and outer, the summit is left and right, masculine and feminine, day and night, or what it would be. The ability to know or to do. All of this. Each one must be given specific tasks common to all. If one is given to cook, all at some point must be given to cook. If some are given to clean, all must be given that. For all this is as well to increase one's countenance. For when one does an activity that one is not common with, one grows in the process, not simply because one learns a new task, because the mind is liberated, either by complaint or from surrender what it is. And so a great growth comes forward. It need not always be this way, but it is a form of liberating the soul and the awareness and also serving the community and the whole. Does this begin to assist you? So you mean to circulate, to go... Th yes, so the tasks and the thoughts the and the votes and all such, all tasks and such, season by season, mm -hmm. at least for a complete season. In order to liberate the being, truly I say this, not so that one will know a menial task that another does not, because it is a liberating for the mind and for the heart and for the soul. To, to do something new, different. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, this idea of countenance, this idea of being in with the one, the source, um, compared to duality. Um, one thing I think this community needs is to be more with source as a group, to be in sacred circle. Um, and so it's something that I wanted to bring or introduce or initiate. Uh, you wish or they need? For you have both. offered both. Uh, I wish it and I feel we need it. Very well. And has it been put to others that it is both a wish, a desire and a need? Not yet. It's been in countenance that I've held this intention or this idea. Very well. Now the step beyond countenance is counsel. And we will share this after a short recess. We will continue this topic, unfolding it even more broadly. Beyond countenance, between being in sacred manner with another, and we have said to hold it as sacred within self, then what? then there is a desire to share that which is sacred with others without it falling to the personalities, without it falling to the nature of the dualities. And so perhaps we will take a short recess now and then return with this very topic. Is that appropriate? That's Maureen? wonderful. Thank you. Indeed. And for the relief of the channel, I take my leave. Very well. A quick and easy return. We left off speaking in terms of countenance, yes? 
directly with you. So we will continue just there. For it is within Gaia's ability to pick up in mid-sentence, as it were. Now, one is in countenance with one shares oneself in true form, without doubt, without fear, and in a true knowingness, not of what is or what one must do, but simply of the moment. One is in countenance in the moment itself. And this expansive moment is what makes it original. To be in an expansive moment means, in essence, that it cannot quite be measured by time. How long does a moment last? It depends upon how much and how long one can expand that one moment. A moment can last a minute or a lifetime. A moment can be dimensional or not. And countenance is such. Because it is expansive in that way, it belongs not to here or to there or to me or to you. And that moment then is given. It is a moment that is given. It is as if a blessing. And this is what makes it creative, original, and this is what makes it as cause. Now, as it was said, not to scurry about and gabbing of it to another is because when one does this, now it belongs to duality. That same moment that was an expanded moment in or beyond time is now brought into a linear moment. It is not what is simply considered gossip to say or to keep from another. But now it has entered linearity. Now it has entered duality. And now that which is sacred and whole is still whole, but divided within that wholeness. Now there are perhaps two halves. Now there are perhaps three thirds or what it might be, all still held together as wholeness, but entered or divided through time into circumstance or numbered or time as it were, which diminishes that countenance. Now, one of the ways to circumvent this is to hold that which is sacred as sacred. And now we come to your question relative the circle that you believe is much needed. What is much needed is for all those that gather to understand that they are all part of a greater whole or a council. A council that comes together in a sacred manner and brings then all that is sacred. Where one sits in council, all that is mundane becomes sacred. And this is one of the reasons the Native Americans gathered together as they did in their great councils. It took the very mundane aspects, their everyday conditions or woes and such, and elevated them. Elevated them at the very least to the point of intention and at the most to the place of the great spirit, where it could then be acted upon. To sit in council is to take that which is self and give it to the greater self, as well by acknowledging that all of the parts are whole and are part of a greater whole. Therefore, what one brings to council is 
countenance. One brings that which has been gathered or accumulated in a sacred fashion and offers it to the whole and thereby expands because the council has come together in unity and unity consciousness. Therefore, it is not simply divided as it would be in duality. Now you have taken that which has come as sacred, offered it in a greater stance, elevated it and made it even more unity or if you like, given it more consciousness. This is the time and the place to share that which is sacred. This is what is needed in all communities, but specifically in yours. As we have said, there are a great many challenges one by one that will come to this community. To come together, as you say, in need, and as I say, in council, is to somewhat ease the conditions of the challenge. It will not dismiss the challenge altogether, but you will know the parameters by which it exists. You will dissipate the hard edges by which it was created. In awareness, you will see your way through the challenge. It will become everyone's challenge, and everyone would then act upon. If it were a problem, it would act upon a solution. It will bring to it opportunity. It would bring to it creativity. So beyond countenance, one moves into a state of counsel. Now, for the benefit of those that would hear these words as well, we will say that one can sit in counsel with oneself. One creates that which is a sacred counsel within one's own being. For that which is counsel is also that which is one's mastership. To be in counsel is also to be in sacred learning. To be in counsel is to acknowledge the gap between the student and the student's master, and all that exists between there is the counsel. It is a state of awareness, it is a state of discovery, it is an exalted state. Between a problem and its solution, the counsel dwells in an exalted state where all possibilities exist. Therefore, all possible solutions to a problem also exist. Counsel comes from one's own being. One brings one's counsel to a greater counsel. One brings one's awareness. Where one understands that one is also counsel, one then shares it with others. And so it is a place within one that is an acknowledged source. It is a place of truth. It is an exalted state of creativity. And it is the place where all solutions are known. It is the place where all experiences can be experimented upon. If there are many paths, it is the place where one can see and discover all of these paths, all at once, as it were, to play them out without living them out. To be among self and to be among others. So counsel can be described in a variety of ways. It is for this reason that the expression to keep one's own counsel. It is the truest of all. It is to exist in that place where true counsel is known. In counselship, the heart and the mind dwell equally. In duality, they do not. In duality, 
always one is given more to the mind or more to the heart, one follows the emotion or the pattern of the past or what it will be. In counsel, all things exist as equal. The problem, the solution are both equal. In counsel, one does not make a quick attempt to dismiss the problem. One evaluates it as whole and therefore constructs a variety of solutions. This will come into prominence in the time that comes. For as the resources dwindle upon the planet and a great many challenges befall the planet, it will only be in a sacred manner that one arrives at the conclusions. And in order to arrive at certain conclusions, many of them will need to be experimented upon. Many paths will need to be followed at least part way in order to see if there is true success or not, for time will be of the essence. In counsel, time exists but does not define. When you have a problem, there is a quick wanting to fix the problem, and so you dwell very much in time. In counsel, the problem exists but is not defined by its timetable. Therefore, solutions are more free and more creative to come forward. When one is caught up in a problem, it is difficult for a true solution to come forth. But in an exalted state of being, all solutions are already present because the fullness of your being is also present. All of this comes into necessity now. So whether or not one forms a conscious community or one sits in one's own self-community, there is self-awareness, there is peace. There is countenance, and there is counsel, and there is awareness. Does this begin to answer your question, dear? Very well. Are there other questions? Very well. On your mark, dear. You surprised me. You have missed your cue. I did. You surprised me. Um, my question has two parts. The first part would be a specific answer. And the second part is a uh, request for further clarity. And I also suspect that the same answer will answer both. So, um, With the coming discovery, or more properly, awareness of more subtle energies, biomagnetics, electromagnetics, and so on, um, I take it we will be moving from more confluent communities into conscious communities. That is the hope, yes. Yes. Okay. Is that the specific answer you had hoped That's for? That's the specific answer. Ah, very well. I'm assuming that, and I wanted to hear if that was so. The second part, the clarity, comes with when one defines something, there immediately becomes some sort of boundary. And I'm having, I need clarity on the sense of a boundary for a conscious community. It seems to be just intent and if you would take it from there. Oh, well. Boundaries are difficult things. It feels that one must have them, and at the same time they are a bit of a trap. One feels comforted by a boundary, but one does not appreciate another's boundary in the same way. So it is for these communities then to draw, as it were, concentric circles, each one being boundary and boundary-less, 
boundary, boundary less, each circle containing both. In other words, a universal law, we will say, that which applies to all things and all beings equally, and that which is the laws of man or the laws of community. One is a definition, the other is a description. And between the two, there is a great chasm of creativity, not of difficulty, not of challenge, but of creativity, where one describes what a boundary might be like, one also leaves room for that to shift, to become something else. If we were speaking simply in terms of circles, we could say that it is a dotted line rather than a hard and fast line, with many gaps between, to describe what one visions as important without saying it is hard and fast law. Universal law applies again equally to all things and all beings and all directions and all places and such everywhere. This, if you like, is so natural that it need even not be called a law. Certainly it is not a boundary if it applies to all beings. The difficulty for humanity, why it wishes boundaries, is that it does not see all beings as equal. It sees some as needing more and others wanting more, and some as elevated and others as reticent and like that. And so it believes that in certain boundaries there will either be more respect or there will be more knowing. It will define itself, as you say. But instead, where one describes there is room for expansion. To be descriptive is to allow for change to come easily. To define is to make change come in a more harsh manner. One must change a definition, one must change a law, one must rewrite it. But if one simply describes one's life differently, imagine you define yourself. You define yourself by your occupation. You define yourself by how you make your home or what it is, if instead you were to describe yourself, then it becomes, in essence, a bit more temporary. The doors seem more open already rather than closed. And so it is with this. So the universal laws must apply to such a community. But within each individual being, there must be, as you say, intent. Now, intent also means different things to different beings. To some, it simply means a wanting. I intend, I want, I desire. And even within the nuances of all of these, there are complete volumes of definitions and dimensions. And so there must be an understanding, and yet one cannot give to another an entire handbook of definitions. For then consciousness is already limited. And where consciousness is limited, it quickly leads to unconsciousness. So it must be given free reign to explore and to become by describing itself. And that is where counsel comes as well. In counsel, that which is sacred is received as sacred. And all will walk away with a different, but they will walk away with a sacred different. And this will elevate the nature of all beings. 
and where one elevates consciousness, the community will thrive. Have I confounded you? No. I have a supplemental question now, which is, as communities grow and intertwine with each other, how does one describe the differences in the communities? There are nuances between them. They are complementary. Do you not plant different varieties of flowers side by side? Were they not all part of one community and they are combined with another? They're all a garden. I mean, I see them as a garden. I wouldn't then go and say, well, I'm in this community, but this person's in this community. That is because you hold all as separate yet. You hold one community as completely separate from another. What if they were not so very separate? Exactly. That's, that's, I guess my intention is that I don't see any distinction between any of them. Very well. Yeah. And now there is not. But what if one were dedicated to a form of art, for instance, and another were dedicated to the study of a certain science? That may be a bit different. But yet there would be a great respect, one for the other. It is a bit like the United Nations, or what it was originally <laughs> intended to be, where there are many languages spoken, some with interpreters, some understood well and some not, where there are different styles of dress and different backgrounds, but all come together in council because there is something greater at stake, something greater to be decided, discussed, something that is to benefit all. I would say to you how to bring the United Nations back together, turn it over to the children, the youths of each of the countries. I will say to you they will knock it back together in no time. And it is the youths that will also maintain and sustain and bring change to all these communities. Not because it is the next generation, but because there is an innocence there that knows structure and knows how to break free of it as well. That is why. And that is what we are speaking of. It is to have structure rather than boundaries, not block walls, foundations. Where one understands the foundation that one walks upon, one walks upon crystalline light, not concrete and not eggshells. Look at your cities now. For the most part, that is where duality is. There are those that walk upon the concretes and those that stumble upon eggshells. Each one attempting not to do that. Each one looking for change and avoiding it all the same time. This is true as well of the communities that we speak of. Many of these are also based upon concrete ideas. Some were created to be the opposite of how they were lived before. I will never live like that again. My community will be thus and this. And that which is based upon the never again theory will be never in the future either. Lives only in the moment. Lasts only as long as the never again lasts. And when that dissolves, the community of the present that was built upon that will also dissolve. 
home. Good eve. Uh, I've always been drawn to the community of Findhorn in Scotland. Uh, and although I've never been there, um, I think it's a model for the rest of the planet in terms of community and also uh, organic uh, cultivation and farming. I grew up on a wheat farm uh, in eastern Washington and um, it's a dry land farming with wheat and barley and, and I, it, it has always been very painful for me to see the earth treated with the chemicals and the, the toxins and um, so I would like your comments on Fintorn as a community of light and whether or not that is um, viable for the rest of the planet in terms of organic farming and so forth. It is a model that many will draw upon for a good time to come. As time continues to evolve and the needs of a hungry planet continue, all of its resources will not always hold. Do you know why it is as successful as it is? Because there are many that will come from there and go from there. There are many that few that continue to dwell there over and over and over again. They visit, they see its wisdom, they learn from that wisdom, and there they take it with them elsewhere. So the mm -hmm. model continues to hold. The model itself is alive. If it were that this community, for instance, would not allow visitors, very quickly the model would begin to dissipate and all that grows and holds true as nutritious and wise there would begin to diminish. It is because there are few boundaries but the intent that those that come partake of the sacred, stay for a bit of time and then take with them a part of that and there make it whole elsewhere. That is what continues to strengthen the whole and that is what will strengthen other wholes as well to take from a great many models and to continually feed and support and nourish the whole. Not improve upon last year's model, to feed and sustain the whole for the sake of the whole, for the all that are part of the whole. So the land itself and the model itself draws to it those that appreciate it, take from that and then take it elsewhere. Now, when there are many other models to draw upon, then from here they will all have similarities, likenesses, and they will all have diversity as well. But long and into the future, this one will be spoken of as if it were the original, the ones that all the others came from. This may or may not be true, but in history it will be recorded as such. It will have a place in your history books. Very well. Thank you. Perhaps we will say we will close the subject for the evening, believing as always that it is well covered, at least in the moment. But the moment will last but a moment, and so we will speak of the subject and others upon our next gathering. I bid you good eve, and many thanks for your participation. If you've enjoyed this listening experience, you may be interested in the latest book, Gaia Speaks, Solutions for a Small Planet, available as Volume 1 and 2. I'd also like to invite you to visit my website, pepperlewis.com. Thank you for listening to Gaia's Voice.